0: It was a front page New York Times scoop in the midst of a highly charged criminal investigation. A special prosecutor had reached a momentous conclusion. He has the constitutional authority to indict the President of the United States. That position was based on an exhaustive 56-page memo by a highly respected law professor. But how would such a move play politically, especially with the President's supporters and defenders in the news media? As the Times story made clear, The prosecutors and his deputies were unconcerned. Prosecutors do not take polls to decide what to do, one of them told the Times. This sounds a lot like the current debate over whether Special Counsel Robert Mueller could bring charges against President Trump especially if he refuses, as his lawyers are advising, to submit to an interview on his decision to fire FBI Director James Comey to curtail the Russia investigation. In fact, the conclusion we're talking about was by another special prosecutor nearly 20 years ago, then-Independent Counsel Ken Starr, who was investigating Bill Clinton's lies about his sexual affair with Monica Lewinsky. Is Starr's position a guide to what Mueller might do? We'll explore that question on today's edition of Buried Treasure. I'm Michael Izakov, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News.
1: And I'm Dan Clyde, been Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News.
0: You know, Dan, I well remember the story. It came in the middle of the impeachment trial of Bill Clinton. And at a time, it was increasingly clear the president would be acquitted, that Republican House managers simply didn't have the votes, the requisite 67 votes to convict Clinton and kick him out of office. The idea that Starr would prolong the Lewinsky matter by then bringing criminal charges seemed to reinforce the idea that he and his team were obsessed with getting the president any way they could.
1: Right. And in the end, Ken Starr didn't do it. I mean, you know, easy, easy for an anonymous source on the on the star team at the time to say he doesn't pay attention to the polls. But, you know, ultimately, it sounds like they did pay attention to the polls. They did not. They went forward with the impeachment. They did not indict. um, And he was in the middle of a huge uh, uh, public backlash against him. Uh, The American people thought he was out to get Clinton. Um, and uh, he didn't do himself any favors with the, uh, the report that he gave uh, Congress that was filled, you know, that was really hot and heated and filled with all that uh, the sexual innuendo or not just innuendo, obviously, very explicit language, which turned a lot of people off. So, you know, the question you ask and you're open there, uh, will Mueller Follow uh, Ken Starr's position. I think much more likely Mueller will follow Ken Starr's action, not as not not the conclusion that he came to.
0: Well, there are some some critical differences, obviously, between the Clinton situation and the uh, and the Mueller investigation of of Donald Trump, but the the. The essential point here is um, uh, the memo that that Ken Starr was relying on was written by this law professor Ron Rotunda, who recently uh, passed away just this year, actually, uh, and um, it it pretty. Uh, f- adamantly holds to the view that, you know, the president is not above the law. Um, He's subject to um, uh, criminal uh, charges, just like any other citizen. Ironically, it it relies relies heavily on the Supreme Court unanimous decision in Clinton v. Jones, where the Supreme Court said the uh, sexual harassment lawsuit brought by uh, Paula Jones, could go forward even while the president uh, was in office. Um, But I thought what was, you know, in the current debate, uh, you often hear uh, the president's uh, defenders say, well, if there's a, uh, the, the remedy, the constitutional remedy for a alleged illegal act by the president is to impeach him. And uh, Rotunda um, makes a very interesting point with a, an analogy that I have to say I hadn't thought of his memo Only has become public within the last year or so. He says, um, uh, for example, if the president in a moment of passion slugs an irritating heckler, he has committed a criminal battery. But no one would suggest that the president should be removed from office simply because of that assault. Yet the president has no right to assault hecklers. If there is no recourse against the president, if he cannot be prosecuted for violating the criminal laws, he will be above the law.
1: Right. And that is a bedrock uh, principle um, uh, that no one is above the law. And the traditional argument of those people who say a president can't be indicted in, in office is, uh, so impeach the president, and then uh, the president can be indicted, uh, tried, uh, and, and convicted. But that rotunda example um, is um, you know, a, a, an interesting kind of Uh, flaw in that um, logic. Um, You know, part of the reason we're talking about this today is um, uh, some rather um, intemperate (laughs) comments that Rudy Giuliani, the president's uh, lawyer and defender on uh, cable television and everywhere else, uh, just made uh, to Huffington Post um, that, uh, uh, that, that President Trump couldn't be indicted even if he murdered James Comey um, it, it's kind of like ex- <laughs> ex- unbelievable that he would bring up that example himself why why put that out there uh,
0: I, I, I'd love to see the uh, laud uh, professor who writes the memo defending that position
1: And, um, and, and, right, uh, and I know and he, he didn't even he didn't even say you know on Fifth Avenue he just said anywhere uh, <laughs> but um, look um, the for the People who believe that a president can't be indicted, um, uh, a sitting president can't be indicted, uh, well, then, you know, even in that case, uh, that would hold hold true. Um, It really doesn't matter what the underlying circumstances are. Uh, The argument is uh, that, um, you know, this is a structural constitutional question and that the, the authors of the Constitution... Um, did not intend for uh, uh, to allow a president to be indicted because it would interfere with uh, his or her basic uh, constitutional duties um, and that the remedy right. is impeachment.
0: Um, now, of course, again, Trump's defenders would argue that this rotunda memo uh, that was relied upon by Ken Starr or commissioned by Ken Starr Um is not on point because uh, Rotunda emphasizes that the uh, alleged criminal acts by Bill Clinton involved um, uh, actions in his private capacity – that he was uh, he lied in a uh, in a civil suit against him. Uh, he uh, uh, tampered with witnesses, obstructed justice uh, in a uh, uh, in a case involving his private conduct. And that um, Rotunda goes on to say in this memo, I express no opinion as to whether the federal government could indict a president for allegations that involve his official duties as president. Now, that does seem to uh, give some running room for uh, Trump's lawyers to say, look, uh, if the issue is obstruction because the president fired James Comey to uh, cut the uh, Russia investigation off uh, in its tracks. Um, the, uh, the 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 president was acting within his official capacity to hire and fire who in in the executive branch anybody he sees fit, and he has the constitutional authority to um, uh, to fire the FBI director. But Rotunda goes on to make clear that the uh, allegations involving Clinton, um, which involve, uh, and as he spelled them out then, uh, witness tampering, document destruction, perjury, subordination of perjury, obstruction of justice, conspiracy, and illegal payoffs, um, are within the outer perin- per- perimeter. Of the president's official responsibility. Indeed, the alleged acts involved here are not only outside the outer perimeter perimeter of the president's official responsibility. They are contrary to the president's official responsibility to take care that the laws be faithfully executed. And I think that's the most important, perhaps pregnant sentence in this memo, that the president has an official responsibility to take care that the laws be faithfully executed. And so therefore, subverting that official responsibility by um, by Make undercutting the ability of the Justice Department to be to ensure that the law be faithfully executed, that could be seen to fall within Rotunda's position of uh, the acts upon which a president could be indicted.
1: Right. So, in some ways, um, you know, the president, um, as head of the unitary executive. Uh, e- even if the conduct in some ways seems uh, personal and not official, a lot of what the president does, you can't make those distinctions. And Rotunda has also argued, um, e- you know, that that Congress, or I'm sorry, that the the founding fathers and the writers of the Constitution, they could have made an exemption, um, you know, f- uh, f- uh, for a- an indictment of a sitting president. Um, In the way that they 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 did for uh, in the speech and debate clause uh, relating to the official conduct of um, members of Congress. And they they didn't do that. Um, So um, so, I mean, his view, I think, is that the founders founding fathers anticipated that a president could be indicted. But look, at the end of the day, um, talking about uh, uh, Bob Mueller and what he's going to do, I think the reality is uh, he's not going to indict Um, Donald Trump. He is an officer of the Justice Department. Uh, The Justice Department's uh, uh, Office of Legal Counsel has issued an opinion in 1973 uh, talking about the structural principles of the Constitution, the idea uh, being that an indictment of the president would place too great a burden for the president to carry out his or her uh, constitutionally uh, prescribed duties. That opinion. Was then reaffirmed when Bill Clinton was leaving office uh, in in two thousand, um, and uh, Bob Mueller is going to follow uh, that guidance. Uh, opinions of the Office of Legal Counsel are uh, that is you know basically binding law for the executive branch. Now he could go to Rod Rosenstein and say, "I want to indict the president, and I think we should." Um, the, the the OLC opinion is going to be overturned, but no one really thinks. That's going to happen. He could simply just. I
0: can't imagine Rod Rosenstein Never. Uh, going along that with ne- seeking ne- right. a new office of legal counsel opinion, and to expect that he would get one that would be favorable to indicting the president, uh, that seems about as uh, as unlikely. Yeah. As Alternatively,
1: anything. he he could he could simply have the grand jury indict uh, Trump. Um, if he felt he had the, the evidence. But why would he do that? I mean, there's no percentage in it, in it for him to, to do something that would be regarded as that uh, uh, controversial. Um, and so I think in all likelihood, if he believes that the president has committed crimes, he will do um, what, uh, um, you know, what Ken Starr also likely would have done, which is to, um, uh, uh, you know, go for impeachment, Um uh, and and uh, if the president well, that's what
0: Starr did do. Well, I mean, he did. Star well, had, no, but to he finish had the already thought, already submitted but, but, an impeachment, but referral.
1: right. But but Trump then could have indicted uh, Clinton after that, and he chose not to do that. I mean, Starr. Uh, I'm sorry, Starr Star could have indicted uh, Clinton after that, and he and he and he did not do that. So,
0: well, actually, there is a coda to this story that you are forgetting, and uh, I, uh, it actually caught. Got... Relatively little attention after all of the commotion over the Lewinsky uh, investigation and impeachment. But on his last day in office... Um, Starr had already left by then and had been succeeded by a new independent counsel, Robert Ray, who was finishing up the uh, uh, all matters relating to Whitewater Lewinsky, uh, the broad mandate that uh, uh, of the investigation um, uh, during the Clinton presidency and um, didn't let this go. Uh, He actually cut a deal on the last day in which Clinton admitted for the first time to testifying falsely when he denied the affair with Lewinsky during a uh, a court deposition in the Jones sexual harassment suit. And as part of the deal, Clinton accepted a five-year suspension of his license to practice law and agreed to pay a $25,000 fine. Um, It was not an admission of a criminal act, but... um, Ray held firm that there had to be consequences for Bill Clinton, and this was his way of getting it.
1: Yeah, that's some uh, pretty um, uh, creative uh, prosecuting. Um, and uh, although the fact that uh, I didn't remember that, you've reminded me of it, uh, <laughs> suggests that most Americans have no idea that happened. Um, and so it raises the question of whether uh, that really amounts to uh, holding someone accountable. Um But, uh, you know, when and
0: one can see by Bill Clinton's current answers uh, to questions as he does his book tour in which he simply says he was defending the U.S. Constitution during the entire matter uh, doesn't quite hold up to uh, uh, some inconvenient facts uh, such as uh, the deal he had to cut with uh, with Robert Ray at the end of his term.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... Well, um, you know, I still, I still think that uh, this is a a question that um, you know might might never um, get resolved, might never actually get tested by the courts uh, because um, there are um, sort of creative solutions that prosecutors uh, can can um, can find in dealing with uh, presidents, um, and to indict a president, whether you think the Constitution is on your side or not, is a hugely consequential thing to do. Um, and um, you know there are, there are a lot of reasons that I think uh, most prosecutors uh, would not um, actually take that step, but who knows?
0: So so I, so I think uh, you've just given me a, a little brainstorm to end this episode. We should solicit ideas from the uh, listeners of Buried Treasure for uh, creative solutions that could hold uh, a President Trump uh, accountable for uh, any misdeeds committed uh, relating to the Russia matter uh, without having him criminally indicted.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of Buried Treasure.
0: Don't forget you can subscribe to Skullduggery on Apple
1: Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And also tell us what you think. Leave a review. And Skullduggery is now on Sirius XM. Subscribers can catch the latest episode on POTUS Channel 124 every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern with replays on Sundays at 12 a.m. and 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Talk to you on Friday.